Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the West Ham Matters podcast, brought to you by westhammatters.com and powered by the Runny Dog Media Group. I'm your host Luke Glanville and this week we are delighted to be joined by, all the way from Hoshi Min City or, or Saigon, whichever you prefer, Wolves fan and fellow Runny Dog Media writer and editor, Jake Flock or Flocky as we like to know him. Good evening Flocky, how are you? Good evening Luke, I'm very well thank you, how are you? I'm, I'm good thanks, thank you very much for coming on the show. Not a problem at all. As you may have guessed, uh, Flocky is on to preview the Wolves versus West Ham game on the 29th and we're recording this before the FA Cup games uh, this weekend so we won't be mentioning those and it will be the night before the game when you're hearing this so we're going to be focusing all on the game today. You may remember Flocky came on this show last August, well September actually, after Wolves beat West Ham at London Stadium and we're going to talk about that game first. What do you what do you remember about it, Flocky? Um, it was quite it was quite an even game. I think one of the things I touched on after the game was that the big difference between Wolves and West Ham on that day was that it looked like we had much more of a system, much more of a plan in place, and ultimately with Neves nicking the ball in the dying minutes of the game, then obviously Traore going through and scoring. Um, you know, I think that probably was what we deserved. I know Arnautovic had a couple of chances, which Rui Patricio did really well to keep out. But on the whole, I think that it was a game that we deserved to win. And I think if we did finish the game with only a point, I would have been a little bit wound up by it all. So, you know, happy memories. <laughs> For some. I remember, um, like you said there, Wolves had a very clear identity, or at least they looked like that in the early part of the season, and they still do now, but that was something West Ham were lacking, I think. But if we look at what's changed since then, it now very much looks like Pellegrini's West Ham have found themselves, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd agree. I think the only explanation for that is that Pellegrini must have listened to the podcast um, <laughs> and obviously taken it on board, yeah. As, as he does every week, I, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can imagine him, can't he, sitting there with a, a nice bottle of, of wine by, by a fire or something, settling down with the West Ham Matters podcast. Think you drink red or white wine? I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I, I'm, I always imagine him drinking red, red wine, but equally, it, c- it could be white. What, what would you say? No, yeah. What do you think about Nuno? <laughs> uh, I, I can't imagine him red being white. A, a wine sort of guy. I don't think. I think he's more more of a a German beer drinker and a massive Stein, I'd think, but you don't know, he probably enjoys a bottle of wine after a big win, you know, so hopefully he'll be enjoying one on Wednesday, but we'll have to wait and see, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, of course, and um, we we could always uh, start another podcast, couldn't we? Premier League manager wines, but yeah. but we can, we can leave all the wine chat to then. So, obviously... You'd be feeling a bit less confident than you were heading into the reverse fixture. How do you mean? Well, I mean, back then, I think everyone fancied Wolves before that game, and I, I think there was a bit of a surprise that it took Wolves a last-minute winner to get the three points. But now the tables have very much turned. Up until very recently, West Ham were above Wolves marginally. Wolves have edged back above West Ham, but it seems like West Ham have got um, a better chance this time. Yeah, I think a lot of it really does depend on what Arnautovic does. I mean, obviously, with us recording this a week before it's due to go out, it's you know he, he might have already gone by then, or 
he might have recommitted his future. But I do think that he holds a lot of the keys to how this game will go. So, you know, it's difficult to say. Again, I'd be disappointed if we didn't win because if we do want to realise any aspirations of finishing in the top seven, then we've got to be beating you. That's the black and white of it. Absolutely, and you mentioned Arnautovic there. As of today, Tuesday the 22nd of January, he has trained, which is a good sign, but if if you look at Saturday's game against Bournemouth, which West Ham lost 2-0 the last Premier League game, it very much looked like Arnautovic was missing. Mm, or West Ham were missing Arnautovic. Probably. Yeah, well, well you've, you've only got to look at that Andy Carroll miss, haven't you? And you think if that's Arnautovic, or even if it was Chikorito, probably that's going to be going into the roof of the net so it's you know it's a tough one really for Pellegrini because obviously he's a quality player but do you want to keep somebody at the club if they're not going to be happy so it's you know it's a difficult situation um you, you mentioned that um Chicharita might have, have scored that chance I think you could even maybe say Lucas Fabianski would have scored that <laughs> chance yeah <laughs> or, or any other player in on the pitch or, or member of the the watching crowd that day for that matter, but yeah. Um, I digress. West Ham are in better form than they were first time around. Four wins in a row in December. They've perhaps cooled off a little bit since then, but who who are you particularly scared of? Not scared of, but who's the biggest threat for you in the West Ham team? Who will be giving you a sleepless night the night before the game? <laughs> um, I think, as obviously I've already touched on Arnautovic, so I'll come away from him, but Obviously, you know, you've got the obvious candidates. You've got Felipe Anderson, who I think is improving with each and every game. Um, and that's the one you, you'd really focus on. I mean, Andy Carroll, if he plays, he's just an absolute car horse. And you know that if he's playing, he's going to give our defenders a nightmare. Because I think, yeah, cause, but Bolly will still be out. So it'll be probably Saez at left centre-back and he's, he's just a red card waiting to happen. So, um, obviously, that's that's one player to look at. As I say, touched on Felipe Anderson. It really does depend on who Pellegrini starts with, though, as well. Um, I mean, if, if, obviously, with the cup game, I presume he'll rest a couple of players with one eye on the game. Um, but who do you think is likely to start up front for you guys? I... Call me an optimist, but I, I believe it will be Arnautovic. <laughs> I, I think that by the time the game comes around, it, the rumours in the last few days um, have, have very much been centred around this, the fact that Arnautovic will be staying until the end of the season. Of course, he, he, he could still go, mm. but I, I think he will he will play for these last few months. It, he'll be keen to win the West Ham fans back over. I think could be starting failing that. Uh, Perez seems to be either injured or just completely out of favour like he was at the weekend most of the time. We're not sure whether Hernandez is going to be there, although the noise coming from the club is that if he goes, it will be at the end of the season rather in this window. So you're looking at maybe sticking Mikel Antonio up there to, um, to fill in. He's not a striker, although he can play up front. Mm. but you'd fancy him to be wider he, he's another ha- player that's a massive handful like Carroll but when it comes to the final finish he's, he's he always seems to be lacking something but equally we could see a youngster called Jande Silva who is a player I'm, I'm, I'm surprised isn't at Wolves actually Portuguese 
youngster, uh, yeah. very bright. Yeah. He's played very well for the under-23s this season. Maybe even graded in Ghana, who you might have seen signed a, a long-term contract last week. There, or whoever may be brought into the club, but there, there won't be any recruitment unless Arnatovic goes. So those are the options, really. Yeah, I think just looking at um, you starting 11 from the Bournemouth game, one player that I completely forgot about was Sami Nasri, who sort of gone under the radar ever so slightly. Um, and I think I think it was against Arsenal where... Did he make his debut against Arsenal? It was his second game. Um, right, OK. He made his debut against Birmingham in the Cup. Right, OK. So, I mean, against Arsenal, I thought he looked um, like he hadn't missed any months of football, um, which obviously he has. So... I think if he does play in the number 10 um, behind our now to pitch, as you hope, I do think he would be quite a handful. Do you think um, you're likely to stick with the two holding midfielders and a three and a one in front, or will you likely change it up? I, I think the, the holding midfielders are, are probably a constant because Rice and Noble have, have done well together recently. Yeah. Obiang is another player that could could be gone by the end of the transfer window with Fiorentina interested so there's no real certainty there I think they're they're probably really the only constants Pellegrini likes to play a front three whenever he can it's quite difficult for him to do that at the moment but um, expect Nazari to start even though he was quite ineffective against Bournemouth apart from almost scoring in the first half he, he didn't really do anything and whenever he got the ball he seemed to slow down the tempo of the attack mm. in that game unfortunately he did look like he's, he's missed 18 months of football perhaps the adrenaline got him through the Arsenal game as it probably as it probably did um, but very, West Ham are very bereft of options really for this game depending on what happens between now and then um, ironically West Ham have actually performed better when they've had lots of injuries this season rather than when they've had a, a more or less fully fit squad um, right, okay. like the start of the season because in December West Ham won four games in a row with the injury list at some points getting into double figures. So it's, what what we can expect from West Ham in this game is it, you can't really predict it. It's totally unpredictable at the moment which West Ham will turn up because last three Premier League games, a, a win, a draw and a loss. And um, Wolves' form has been quite mixed as well heading into it, hasn't it? Yeah, I think probably with the exception of um, the the mental game against Leicester over the weekend, I think that we do tend to perform poorly against the teams we should really be beating. Um, obviously, you, yourselves are sort of a funny one because you don't really come into either category. You're, you, I suppose in many respects, you're a little bit like a Leicester where it's one of the games where we should be winning if we want to progress this season and obviously finishing the top 10 to start with, then look at the top seven, so on and so forth. But in the same regard, if we were to draw, it's not the worst result in the world. I mean, I know Nuno won't look at it like that. And I know the majority of the Wolves fans won't look at it like that because there's a sense of entitlement with Wolves fans that's been around for a long time um, where they think that, well, we're better than you, so we should just win. Um, which obviously can affect the atmosphere and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how the game really does play out. Certainly. Uh, for me, with West Ham now, it all depends on what happens in this window. I could see West Ham finishing anywhere between 7th and 15th. I think you'll probably agree that 
the chances of going down are very minute at this stage. They're, West Ham will definitely stay up, but it's it's totally unpredictable. Yeah, I think obviously the the bottom maybe I suppose there's the bottom one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up to Palace. Um, but I mean Huddersfield and Fulham are pretty much done. I think um, obviously I know you've got the new guy coming in at Huddersfield who might make a difference, but to claw 10 points back in the last 15 games, I think is a big ask, especially with the quality of their squad. Um, I know they beat us at Molyneux and they very much deserve to do so, but I don't think there's been enough of those types of performances from Huddersfield. So I think you can probably chalk them off. Um, And with Fulham throwing away that lead in the manner that they did against Tottenham, I think that they could be banging trouble as well. So it's pretty much, I'd say there's only one space left. Certainly. You mentioned the Huddersfield game there. Are you, are you wary going into this game that Wolves have been, have? it's not quite a habit, but there's been some funny performances at home, hasn't there? The Crystal Palace and, and Huddersfield, like you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, the, I think we went through a stage where I think we lost to Watford at home. We lost to um, Cardiff away. We lost to Huddersfield at home. We lost to Brighton away. I think that they're all sort of around October, between the end of October and the start of December. But in the same run, we drew away at Arsenal and we very nearly came back against Spurs and we ended up losing 3-2, which, you know, we, we didn't perform well enough. There were too many gaps and everything like that. But, yeah, I don't know what it is, whether... Nuno struggles to motivate the players or whether the players struggle to motivate themselves because against the so-called smaller teams that we should be winning, we don't tend to turn up. So, But I don't think West Ham, West Ham don't really fall into that category. So it's it's going to be a bit of a strange one. Um, it's, it's probably going to be a nil-nil draw after, after we've um, <laughs> spent so much time looking at the fixture. It's just one of them games that could go could go either way, it's so hard to predict. Before we um, move on to looking at it in looking at his fixture historically, how do you think Nuno will set up tactically? I thought against Leicester on Saturday that we would revert to three four three, but he seems to very much like three five two at the moment with Neves Martino and then Dunker in um, central midfield, sort of acting slightly as a triangle with Martino playing ever slightly further forward but I think it'll be them three obviously dependent on fitness it should be nobody else apart from Yotta and Jimenez up front uh, obviously Rui and goal Bennett and Cody pick themselves probably going to be Saiz at left centre half and it'll be interesting to see whether he keeps Johnny on the right and leaves Vinagri on the left or whether he brings um, Doherty back in which Oh, I don't want to get started on him because I'll talk about him for hours because he's the most frustrating player in the world. But um, with Vinagri on the left, it gives us a left-footed player playing with a left-footed centre-back, which makes much more sense. But whether Nuno sees it like that, I don't know. Yeah, I was particularly frustrated when Nuno left Do- Doherty out at the weekend because he's in my fantasy team. And I think I'm right in saying it was the first time he's been dropped this season. Yeah, it's a, it was a bit of a weird one. I mean, he said, um, Nuno said in an interview, either before or after the game, the um, interviewer asked him why isn't Doherty playing, and he just said because Johnny is instead. So he didn't really mm. shed shed any light. But I 
think from reading on social media and whatnot, I think that his partner had a baby not too many days before the game. So whether that had something to do with it, I don't know. Or whether Nuno wanted the left foot, left foot partnership on the left side of defence, I don't know. Um, I, I think that West Ham could try to hit Wolves on the counter-attack because that's worked so many times on the road for West Ham this season. West Ham picked up 14 points already away from home in the Premier League, um, whereas they only picked up 15 for the entire season last last campaign. Do you think that Wolves will come out and press West Ham from the off, or do you think that they might try and hit West Ham on the break? Well, Nuno's style of play is to play on the break, so if you've got both teams playing on the break, as you say, you could quite easily cancel each other out and we could end up with a nil-nil. Yeah. But... Yeah. I don't, we, we haven't kept a clean sheet in such a long time in the Premier League from if my memory serves I think it might be going back to 15 games and at the start of the season we, we had one of the best defences in the Premier League but now it, I'm not too sure what it is it just seems to be individual errors conceding goals from set pieces for fun um, it's a bit of a it's a bit weird but I think we're not we're not going to dominate possession. I can't think of any game where where we really did. So I think the best thing from a Wolves point of view to happen will be for us to score early, like we did against Leicester. Um, and then you have to attack us, and we'll just pick you off. Is the simplest way of looking at it. Well, we'll um, we'll all look forward to see seeing what happens on um, on Tuesday night at Molyneux. Indeed. So um, West Ham's last trip to Molyneux was October 2010. It was a 1-1 draw. Do you remember the game? Absolutely not. 2010? October what? 2010. Did, did, did you get relegated that season then? Because we were That all... season, West Ham were relegated under right. Alfred Bryant. Yeah. Okay. And um, Wolves were relegated while West Ham came up from the Championship. Yeah, so we would have missed each other. Okay. Um, 2010, so that would have been October 2010. So it would have been... 08-09 won the league, 9 so that would have been the second season. Um, so I can tell you, with honestly, I've got absolutely no idea what happened. Well, ahead of the game, West Ham was sitting in 20th place and Wolves were sitting in 19th. Well, brilliant. Matt, oh, brilliant. <laughs> Matt Jarvis, ironically, who would later play for West Ham, yep. scored, uh, opened the scoring on 10 minutes before Mark Noble cancelled uh, him out in the 53rd minute with a penalty and it finished 1-1. Oh, right, okay. On a, on a, on a cold Saturday afternoon. Um, when West Ham fans went to that game, they would have seen a very a very different Molyneux to the one that is there now. Could you um, talk us through the changes a little bit with the new the uh, new Stan Cullis stand? Yeah, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's, it's not the best stand in the world. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot more modern than what... The old North Bank was, um, but you know, you you speak to people that sit in there and they say that that they get wet even if they're under a roof and everything like that. So, with it being done by Steve Morgan, you never really know how much of a decent job he's done or if he's done half a job or whatever. Um, but obviously, it looks good from an aesthetic point of view, but it doesn't match up with the rest of the stadium. So it's it's um it's just one of it's one of them. It's a bit of a strange one. But the the plan is to very much make it match with the rest of the stadium, isn't it? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, if Foson, who own Wolves there, 
they've obviously got very lofty aims for the club, um, and there's talk of a 50,000 seat stadium. There's talk of maybe a 60,000 seat stadium, and it's. I mean, it's all up in the air at the moment. I don't think there's any planning permission in place or anything like that. But you know, it's obviously an exciting time to be a Wolves fan, though. Certainly, I visited it in March for an England under twenty-one game, and I think that it's quite majestic the way the stand towers over the ground. But but like you say, it it does stick out a little bit. Yeah, it's all all the same though. It's it's very nice, and it's certainly very exciting to see the changes to Molyneux. Before we move on to the the Wolves and West Ham quiz, which we're going to do at the end of the show. Can you remember any notable clashes between Wolves and West Ham? Do any stick out for you from the past? Um, not so much at Molyneux, but the one game that does stick out for me is in the Premier League. It, it can't have been that year when you got relegated. It must have been. It must have been the year before, so two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Um, I think it was in early 2010, maybe, I want to say February, I might be guessing, I might be completely wrong, but we, we were tipped that day to get um, pretty much pummeled by you, but we ended up beating you 3-1 three, three, or 3-0, three I think it yeah, was. Three one. Yeah, 3-1. Um, it was a Tuesday night game, I remember it, and I think, I know Zubar scored an absolute screamer. Um I can't, I can't for the life of me remember who else scored, but I just remember it being one of those results that sort of galvanised us for the rest of the season. Obviously, it didn't keep us up on its own, but it, sort of, it definitely helped along the way. I, I actually remember that night myself because um, obviously I was, I was very young then and the game was live on Sky Sports, so I got to stay up and watch the game. And I kind of ended up wishing that I didn't. <laughs> Goals from um, Kevin Doyle. Ronald Zubar like you say and Matt Jarvis again um, and West Ham's only reply a 90th mutilation goal from Guilmero Franco who? the Franco the famous Mexican striker oh, maybe well, not yeah, so yeah, famous yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's got to the part of the show where we get to test your Wolves and West Ham knowledge Flocky with 10 questions in our Wolves versus West Ham quiz Right. Okay. Okay. Some, some you should get. Some have been designed to catch you out. So we'll um, after I've found my pen, we will get going on this quiz. So question number one: How many times have Wolves and West Ham met? Is it A sixty, B sixty one, C sixty two, or D sixty three? This is all competitions. What was the so sixty through to sixty four? Yeah. Yeah, the sixty to sixty-three. Um, obviously, I'm going to guess we missed each other for quite a while, didn't we? So, yeah, 60, 61, 62, 63. Yeah, go down the middle. Go sixty-two. Okay. Question two: How many times have Wolves beaten West Ham in their history? Is it A nineteen, B twenty, C twenty-one? Or D22? So, if we've played 60 times, and if we go with the presumption that you're going to have been the better team for parts of it, it's going to be quite even, though, for some of it. So, 19, 20, 21, 22. Mm -hmm. Let's go high. Let's go 22. Okay. 
question number three. How many times have West Ham beaten Wolves? Is it A, 28, B, 29, C, 30, or D, 31? Well, if it's 22, 28, 29, 30, it's not going to be 30. Go 29. Okay. Question four. How many draws have there been between Wolves and West Ham? Is it A, 14, B, 15, C, 16, or D, 17? So if there's been roughly 60, between 60 and 64 games, and I said 22 wins for Wolves, 29 wins for West Ham, 22 plus 29 is, what, 51? Mm-hmm. So have, you got your, have you got your calculator there? No, mental, all in me had mental maths. Fantastic. But 51 doesn't go into 65, because 14 was the lowest one, wasn't it? Yeah. So... And I said there was only 62 games. We'll have to go for the low one. Go 14. Okay. Moving on to question number five. In what year was the first meeting between Wolves and West Ham? Was it it A, 1895, B, 1900, C, 1905, D, 1910? Am I to ask you a question? Yeah. When were West Ham formed? 1895. One of, one of our answers. Um, I haven't given much away then because it could have been in the first year. 1895. What was it? In multiples of five? Yeah, going up to 1910. So, obviously we were one of the founding members of the Football League, so we're going to have been at a higher level for you, but how long is it going to have taken you to get to the same level or for us to meet in the cup? 1895, 1905 years. What was the what was the longest answer? 1915. 1910. Let's 1910. go. 1910. Okay. Question number six. I'm sure you'd be relieved that we're we're heading back towards modern times now. Oh, when <laughs> when Wolves defeated West Ham at London Stadium earlier on in the season, substitute Adama Traore scored the winner. But who had he replaced from the substitutes bench in the 62nd minute? Was it A Johnny, B, Helder Costa, C, Diogo Jota, or D, Raul Jimenez? Jimenez was still on the pitch when it was when he had the chance. Um, or he got taken off. The, they were both on the pitch at the same time. Um, Johnny, no, because Nuno wouldn't have abandoned five at the back. Who was the other two? Y- Jota and Costa? Yeah. So it's going to be either one of them, but did cost the play. So it would have been Jimenez. But it was all, of, all of these players um, played on the day. They all started the game for Wolves. Right, okay. So, let's just go with Yotta because Nuno, I'm pretty sure Costa is his love child, so it's got to be Yotta. <laughs> okay, question number seven. In what year did West Ham last win at Molyneux? Was it a, 2004, B, 2005, C, 2009, or D, 2010? It's not 2010 because we just said that was 1-0, no. didn't we? Yeah. Um, so, 2004 would have been the first season when we came up to the Premier League, but were West Ham in the Premier League? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are they all options when there would have been games or not? Yeah, they were all, they were all games played at Molyneux in those years so I think the 2004 one 
might have actually been in the championship. No, because we were in the Premier League. I mean, anyway, I, I think I'm. Yeah, there were there were definitely games that Mullen knew in those years between Wolves and West Ham. I'm not sure whether the, the 2004 one might might have been in the cup. Yeah, and we would have lost that because we were always because Dave didn't have taken the cup seriously. So that so it's de- so we definitely would have lost in 2004. Yeah, you're but, you're absolutely right. It was the FA Cup in 2004. One of the one of the other seasons it was that must have been 2005 when we beat you. I think Paul Lynch scored. But it can't be that one. What were the other two? 2009, 2010. Yeah. Well, it's not 2010. We know that. 2009. Would have been okay. this, been the season you got relegated. No, the the season before. What? Then how, how would we have played you? I don't understand. It it would it was um. So it would have been nine nine ten. Both West Ham and Wolves were in the Premier League. Right. Okay. Um. Let's go two thousand and nine then. Okay. Right. Question number eight. In January two thousand sixteen. Wolves and West Ham met for the first time in five years in the FA Cup in the Emirates FA Cup third round at Upton Park. West Ham won one nil, but who scored West Ham's winner on that day? Was it A. Carl Jenkinson, B. Nikita Jelovic, C. Dimitri Payet, or D. Andy Carroll? Do you remember the game? Third round. Yeah. Two thousand. What year? January was it? the January the ninth, two thousand sixteen. January the 9th, 2006. I don't remember. I remember going to West Ham in just after the new year, but it wasn't 2016. That's what's throwing me off slightly. Um, so, Dimitri Pyatt, I don't think he would have played. Andy Carroll, Cole Jenkinson. Nikiki Jelovic. I think it was Jelovic. I don't know why. I just think it was Jelovic. Go Jelovic. Okay. Question number nine. Uh, you, you, we, we may have accidentally discussed this one earlier, but but you still you may not get it. Uh, before Dama Traore, who was the last Wolves player to score against West Ham? Was it A. Matt Jarvis, B. David Edwards, C. Kevin Doyle, or D. Christoph Berra? Um, well, we didn't. As you said, we lost one new in the FA Cup game, so it would have been probably that game at Molyneux then, wouldn't it? Which was Matt Jarvis, so we'll go with Jarvis. Okay. And our tenth and final question: Who was the last West Ham player to score against Wolves in the Premier League? Was it A. Carlton Cole, B. Scott <laughs> Parker, C. Freddie Pickion, or D. Freddie Sears? So when so this would have been what in that two thousand and ten game? It it was it was. Um, it was January 2011. It was it was um, New Year's Day 2011. That must have been the game I was at then. It was that one. 2011? Bloody hell. What was the score? Just, it was 2-0 and just a few months before we were relegated. Right, get, run me through the options again. Scott Parker. Freddie Pickion. Freddie Sears. Or Carlton Cole. All, all of which played for West Ham on that day. I want to say Colton Cole because he obviously played for Wolves as well momentarily but I think I would have remembered it and I don't remember much about that day um, I'll, I'll give you a little refresher then one of West Ham's goals that day was scored um, by Ronald Zubar an own goal oh oh good um, 
So, if we base it on the we would have been attacking looking for a goal, Colton Cole's not very quick. Who, did you say Scott Parker as well? Yep, Scott Parker. So, it's going to be either Pickyon or Sears. Um, so, Pickyon... Was Pickyon quick? He was, he was quite quick, but he was probably somewhere between an Andy Carroll or a, a just a regular striker. Really, he wasn't quite target man, but he was somewhere near that. But for, but Freddie Freddie Sears, if I remember, was quite quick, wasn't he? Yeah, um, quick young striker who now plies his trade for Ipswich Town at the bottom of the Championship. Yeah, that's well, it's Paul Lambert, isn't it? So that tells its own story. Um, so yeah, but, what, but if if Freddie if Freddie Sears was quick, it makes the most sense. It would have been him then. Okay, right. That's the end of the quiz. Then, how do you think you did? Got absolutely no idea. Just guess right most of it. If you um, if if you was to guess again, then how many answers you got correct? How many do you think you got? We got to go. For, you got to be confident. I mean, you say ten, but I don't think that's going to have happened. Well. Uh, let's go through the answers then. So, the first question was, how many times have Wolves and West Ham met? You were absolutely bang on the money with 62. Um, oh, no, it means I've gone wrong with the calculation. Someone then done it. Go on, carry on. How many... The second question was, how many times have Wolves beaten West Ham? You um, got this one wrong. It was A, 19. And um, so, question three was, how many times have West Ham beaten Wolves? And you was correct with 29. Right. And your calculations were also correct for question four because you guessed correctly that there have been 14 draws between Wolves and West Ham. What, um, what, did, I, what did I guess for um, Wolves wins if the answer was 19? You um, guessed 20, 22, yeah. Oh, right, okay. So, we don't question. question five was in what year was the first meeting between Wolves and West Ham? And again, you were uh, correct with 1910. Good match. And, yeah, indeed. <laughs> For question six, um, question six was who did Traore replace before scoring the winner? And again, you was right with Diogo Jota. Well worked out there. Yeah. Question seven, you narrowed it down to 2009 uh, for what year West Ham last won at Molyneux, and that was also correct. Question eight, you was correct with Nikiki Jelovic scoring the winner on that day. Um, even though Payet, uh, Carroll, Jenkinson did play. Jenkinson went very close in the first half with a shot that was bound for the top corner before Carl Akeem, if that's how you pronounce his name, I've yeah. struggled that one. He made a stunning save. Was it Yelovic's was it Yelov- debut? No, it wasn't actually. Oh. He was, um, he had, it was his first goal for West Ham though. A um, a volley in the I think it was the 89th minute actually. Oh yeah, that's that sounds like Wolves, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the Wolves fans were, were good on that day. They um, I think they had they might have had the whole of the the Trevor Brookin stand, and um, they were very very vocal. But ultimately on the losing side. Yeah. Uh, question nine. You was correct with Matt Jarvis, the last Wolves player to score against West Ham before Adama Traore. And with question 10, again, you narrowly, you, you correctly narrowed it down to Freddie Sears, who scored one of his final goals for West Ham before moving on. So did he get, did he get nine? 
Yeah, nine out of ten. Oh. An incredible performance. The oh. the best performance any guest has ever put in on this um, podcast. Quite a, quite a remarkable display, really. If yeah, um, it's a bit annoying, isn't it? Oh. But I mean, for for the for the first four questions were obviously had to be just guesswork. So to get four of them was was incredible, really. It was um, three. It was three out of four, wasn't it? I think. No, yeah, sorry, yeah, to get, yeah, similar like that. Yeah, yeah, the first five were all were all pretty, um, pretty obscure. <sighs> so to get four of them, incredible. So that I, I think that nicely that nicely wraps us up. I hope, um, well, I'm sure most of the listeners will hope that wolves don't perform on the night as well as as well <laughs> as, uh, as well as well as <laughs> you have on this on this um, on this Tuesday afternoon. If any of the listeners want to find you or any of your work, perhaps they might want to follow you on Twitter or read some of your stuff. Where can they find you? Uh, everything will be on at Wolves Analysis on Twitter. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on, Flocky, um, for your second appearance on this this show. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. No problem, Luke. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you for listening to the West Ham Matters podcast. We we will be back in our usual slot this Friday with another episode. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.